0: Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. And just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So, just before I get into anything, I just want to remind all of you listening to download, subscribe, share it with your friends. And if you ever want to reach out to the show, uh, you could reach out to LO underscore Lightning on Twitter. Uh, you could email us at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com. You could reach me at my personal Twitter account at A-P-D-E-N-K-E-R Danker on Twitter. So, yeah, uh, thanks f- you know for all the feedback. Uh, we're, we're, we're having a great time here on the show. And we got some uh, great great content for you on the show today. Super excited about it. But before we get into all of that we're going to discuss some of the things going around around the team right now. So Victor Hedman is set to rejoin the team on Friday after attending to a personal matter. I was, I guess he, I wasn't even aware. I didn't see anything really. Maybe I I probably missed that at some point, but I wasn't even aware that he was away from the team for X amount of time. Uh, But it, you know, I, I don't think that should maybe affect him at all really. But yeah, I mean, just you know it's hopefully you know there's no issues with him traveling to canada considering the team um headed up to the great white north in toronto for their hub city uh yesterday um i saw something online that was saying that they were c- traveling with 9000 pounds of luggage just I guess because of, you know, all the clothes that they're going to be wearing, uh, bringing for the next two months and, you know, hockey equipment, and all that, that. So that's that's pretty nuts. Uh, Braden Point concluded the training camp with a two goal performance uh, in the last scrimmage that took place on the 24th. I mean, Braden Point's been absolutely solid for this team the entire year. So glad to see that he kind of ended training camp. On a high note, especially with kind of some of the other things that are going on around this team, most most notably, uh, the captain is looks like he's not going to be playing in the exhibition game, which I'm not surprised. I wouldn't expect them to kind of push him back too early, uh, you know, until he's maybe 100, percent or you know, where they feel that he's not going. He's on an edging risk to possibly re hurt himself or maybe make the existing injury any worse than it already is but the thing i wanted to kind of discuss for just a little bit before we play that round robin round table try to say that three times um for you is the whole the news that's really been gracing the lightning world is that you know zach bogosian getting reps with the first line defensive pairing with victor hedman uh, obviously, because of ruta is not ready to come back. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I I just I feel like, you know, there's you have you, you don't want to maybe part of the reason why they have Bogosian playing up on the first de- defensive pairing because you really don't want to mess up the other pairings. Uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind when they said Yaneruda wasn't you know going to be able to come back anytime soon, and they had Bogosian was like. Why aren't we having maybe either Chernak or Shaddy move up to the first line? Uh, And, you know, that could possibly be a chemistry thing, which is totally understandable. But at the same time, I mean, Zach Bogosian has only been with this team since February because, remember, he was signed during the trade deadline or I guess, yeah, around the trade deadline or maybe after. It was around that time. Uh, But I I just – I'm not a fan of it. I mean, yeah, Bogosian's going to be – adding a little bit more of that that physicality factor that he was brought in to do. So that is the plus, but I just feel like why don't you just have – I think the best thing f- that the Lightning should do, um, just because I'm not fully confident in Bogosian, not in his playing ability, but more so in maybe him possibly not being on the same page with Hedman, On certain things you know and all that and still you know he's still very fresh with this team so um i feel that the best thing the lightning should do right at this point until maybe they decide to change it for you know maybe just until they maybe think the experiment's done with but i think eric chernak on the first line or even maybe kevin shattenkirk i think that would be the best thing for them um, on the right defensive side, I just, I just don't see, I see why they're doing it. I understand the reasoning, but at the same time, I don't agree with it. So that's just something. It's kind of, it's gonna be something that's definitely gonna bother me, especially when they roll out the first lines on Wednesday against Florida, which I believe that game is at 12 o'clock. Um, so you'll be able to catch that during your lunch break if you're working, but if you're at home. You know, you're, you have nothing to worry about unless you're working from home and you're going to be pretty busy. But throw that on in the background, put it on mute. Um, and, of course, we'll have a, a review about how the team played maybe either later on the day. Maybe I'll do like a little bit of an emergency episode or just, you know, something like that. Or maybe I'll just talk about it on Thursday's show. We'll see uh, depending on the performance of the team. But I, I, I don't know. I, just, I would feel a lot better if Chernak was on the first line, first line pairing. That's just me. I, I would like to hear from all of you. maybe you have different ideas. Um, I saw someone saying something about maybe Sergachev. I don't think you know he's played well this year, but I would like to keep him on the left side instead of maybe moving him to the right because you know it's it, the whole world kind of looks different. Anyone who's played hockey knows, especially if you're if you're used to playing on one side of the ice, especially on a defensive pairing, maybe maybe moved. For some people, the transition is relatively easy, easy. But maybe for others, it might be a little bit different and maybe harder of an adjustment. But yeah, I just think Chernak would be better, uh, obviously, because he has uh, experience playing on the right. And, you know, I think moving up a line to play with Hedman would kind of, I guess, make him, you know, elevate his performance to another level. But well, maybe, maybe the coaching staff will change things around before then. I could only hope so. Um, but at the same time, Headman is, he still is a little banged up. We're not entirely sure if he ever got over that lower body injury that it looked like he was out with for, um, at the end of the season, uh, right before the pause. Uh, I, I would, I would have to imagine at least, you know, he's able to, to practice on it. I know he's in the training camp. He did some of the voluntary workouts as well. So I would assume he's good and ready to go. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, Other news, I guess, with lines, like let's just say, you know, then this is um, what I've read online. And I'm sure these are not set in stone, but it looks like Alexander Volkov will be getting some, some reps on the third line on the wing with Tyler Johnson and Blake Coleman. I like that, but at the same time, I would like to maybe see Yanni Gord up on the third line and move Johnson over to the wing or vice versa. I just, you know, I would, you know, these guys have, I believe Gord was playing there almost all season long, especially with the injuries. Um, and I don't see, unless they're they're thinking about, since the way Gord has played this year, maybe at least we have some offense on that last uh, fourth line pairing with Goodrow and Maroon, just because, you know, they're not exactly big time point getters. Uh, so, maybe that's part of the reason why Gord is playing on the fourth line. But um, I don't mind it. I would just like to see maybe them switch it up. But then again, you have to have a balanced rotation of players from the first line down to the fourth. So, I understand that as well. You know, just before we get to, like I said earlier, the round robin uh, round table that I did with locked on Flyers, locked on Bruins, and locked on Capitals. Uh, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com, today's sponsor. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I mean, you're getting, you know, two for the price of one here. Literally, you're, you're getting easy service and you're getting low prices that you can't get anywhere else. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so now i'm here with amy rothenberger of locked on capitals ian mclaren of locked on bruins and danielle butcher and rachel donner of locked on flyers now the reason we're all together here tonight is because we're going to discuss how each of our teams are going to be doing in the upcoming upcoming round robin matchup this week and how you know, they may fare. You know, it's a very strange but unique circumstance that we're each of our teams are going to be going through in the next week or so. So let's just go around the table, discuss some, you know, how our teams were doing thus far when the pause happened. Uh, so everybody, you know, could get their memory jogged onto how things were back in March. So starting with the girls from the Locked On Flyers podcast, Rachel, Danielle, how are you both doing tonight?
1: Pretty good. I think the Flyers are in the best spot of any of us not to. You know, toot our own horns, but being obviously the four seed going into it, we have everything to gain and nothing to lose because we can only move up in the seed. And so I think that puts us in a pretty good spot.
2: Yeah, and the Flyers were very hot uh, before the pause. Um, their last game, not so much, but, you know, they just ended a nine-game winning streak, so there's still a lot to like about this team. Um, so, yeah, like I said, their last 10, they went 9-1-0, and but on the season, they are 41-21-7, and, um, the most relevant news with the fires, I think is just Oscar Limblom. His story is just so, you're just so excited and you're just so happy for him because he started off the season extremely hot on the top line with Couturier and Konecny, and then, um, halfway through the season he found out that he had earring so chroma and so he's been battling with that just recently found out that he is good to go and um signed a three-year nine million contract with the flyers so i mean like rachel said there's it's only looking up for the flyers right now
0: well i think he definitely got the two for one you know he's out of the out of the you know the tough spot with what he was going through and plus he's got he's got paid so you know how many people could say that now we got uh ian mclaren with locked on bruins ian obviously we're division rivals and you know we were kind of chasing you guys for quite a little bit but you know we kind of took our season yep yeah we kind of took our foot off the pedal you know then again you know i think you guys were still like the better team in the division but so any big stories that happened in the offseason as well. as just refresh the people listening as to how the Bruins were doing before the pause.
3: I mean, yeah, the Bruins were the only team to record 100 points this season. Uh, they have a co-leader in goals in David Pasternak, a Vesna finalist in Tudor Ask, and a Jack Adams finalist in uh, Bruce Cassidy. And uh, prior to the break, they – Shut out those uh, red hot flyers, which you love to see. And um, yeah, I mean, the season had gone as well as any Bruins fan could have hoped after how last season ended in kind of devastating fashion. Um, I was I was actually a bit surprised at how quick they came out of the gate, and they just pretty much kept the the foot on the gas all season long with a little lull. Uh, guess in December their only weakness really was the performance in the shootout and that might actually come back to bite them uh, in the ass in the round robin since they're going to be using regular season overtime rules in those games Um, I guess the biggest story since phase three uh, training camps began was the absences of David Pasternak and Andre Kasha Uh, both guys spent the pause in their native Czech Republic, Uh, probably came back to North America a bit too late and were caught in uh, quarantine and um, also kind of foolishly exposed themselves to uh, the community and were in contact with someone who tested positive for the virus and have only been able to practice once uh, with the Bruins. So that's obviously a big concern seeing as they're both Penciled in as the top two right wingers for this team. Uh, Pasternak should be able to come back pretty seamlessly, but Kasha only played uh, five or six games for the Bruins after the trade deadline and prior to the pause. Um, So his kind of place in the lineup uh, is a bit more in question and how he kind of fits in. But uh, other than that, you know, the whole having to re earn the top seed is kind of uh, r- ridiculous, but um, I'm not uh, too concerned about about who the Bruins will face uh, in the first round, no matter where they end up in the top four, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for since they announced the whole format is that, you know, as, and I agree with you, you know, have to have them replaying for the top spot and all that. Um, it's unfortunate it's kind of ridiculous but at the same time it gives all of our teams the affordability to kind of play around with some of the things that maybe they didn't they wouldn't normally get a chance to right before our playoffs Um, and then finally the newest member of the locked on family uh amy amy rothenberger from locked on caps how you doing amy
4: i'm great adam thanks everybody um for welcoming me to the locked on family um this is a great time to get started um or restarted as the case may be. So um, when we last left our beloved Capitals, they uh, were at the top of the Metropolitan Division. They had 90 points in 69 games, but they suffered two kind of unexpected losses towards uh, right before everything got shut down. One was uh, Mika Zibanejad's multi-goal game uh, with the Rangers against the Capitals. And the other was a shootout loss to Buffalo. Oh, last last game they played before the yeah, before the everything shut down. Um, The stories we're looking at right now, actually, one is out of training camp, which is um, our lovely little Russian backup goalie, Ilya Samsonov, has not been at training camp and has been deemed unfit to play and we know nothing about you know like any other hockey player right now unfit to play could mean anything um we know it's not an issue with him coming back from russia you know his visa's all set and everything else he's just at the facility and not playing so um there's a big mystery there we do have a stable of other backup goalies that have been at training camp and been doing well um, so I'm not all that concerned, although you know he was our backup goalie for the regular season, and now his status for the playoffs is a little bit up in the air and the other thing is, and I think we're going to talk about this a bit a little bit later, adam uh, the uh, Norris trophy finalist John Carlson, and um, the talk about uh, whether or not he's going to walk away with the Norris trophy. there are many, many caps fans who think it is a long time coming and i will just leave it by saying i am not one of those caps fans
0: well you know i already like the new girl already i don't know about (laughs) all of you but uh, wow
1: a reasonable take from a caps fan we (laughs) like this and the crowd
0: and the crowdless crowd goes crazy so let me just let me just recap my bolts before we go into a little bit of a deep dive about all our teams so my lightning Left it off. Uh, they finished the season going 21, and six. That's ninety-two points, eight behind. President's Trophy-winning Boston Bruins. Uh, where we left off on the schedule, we had a home and a home. I think that was the biggest series of the year for the Lightning uh, against the Bruins in the first week of March, which we split with them. And this was really the t- the pivotal point, I believe, for and a lot of Lightning fans were feeling it as well as. The, the team was struggling uh, after raking up 11 straight wins, no big deal. Uh, they lost five in a row, and they, they really were in a stretch where they were playing down to the talent of the teams that they were playing against. You know, they weren't playing against really any big-time teams other than maybe Toronto and Calgary, but... Um, at that point in the season, you know they they played Vegas uh, in in a tough game, which they lost, of course. Uh, they lost seven three to the coyotes out in the desert and then they lost a tough one at home against Toronto and then really just got um, the crap kicked out of them by Chicago at home. Uh, and you know it was just one of those things where them playing Boston and then with the recent acquire acquired Blake Go- Blake Coleman. Barkley Goodrow and Zach Bogosian at that time, um, you know, they started to turn around not only their performance, but their style of play. Uh, They were widely criticized, especially um, on national television about how soft they were at certain points during the year. And the best example for them to be where they actually turned it around was during the five, three win, I believe it was against Boston. Um, they, uh, they were criticized during the game by Pierre Maguire while the puck was in play. And then at that moment, I believe Patrick Maroon went after Zdeno Chara, which, I mean, I would never advise anyone to do that. But, you know, at the same time, that showed that this team was tired of getting bullied around. And as for storylines happening during the pause, I mean, this isn't really a storyline that any Lightning fan should be a stranger to. And that's Steven Stamkos once again ending up injured. Uh, he got injured during the voluntary workouts, which, it, I mean, I said months ago that, you know, they needed to wrap him up in bubble wrap. It was just ridiculous at this point. I mean, he's a great player, and the fact that he can't stay healthy, um, is it's just frustrating to see, especially, how, especially when you know how talented he is and how uh, much he means to this team and their long-term success. So I just want to go around, um, you know, and let's discuss how – we feel about our teams at the pause as opposed to how maybe our feelings about them now maybe differ just because maybe of certain situations, maybe the time off kind of gave us some change of mind, change of heart. Uh, I'm going to start with Ian in are Are there some maybe things about this Bruins team that you think differently now of, or maybe you're just, your idea of them right now is just the same as it was when we left off.
3: Oh, I would say it's pretty much the same. I mean, one of the big things that the Bruins have going for them is this uh, exceptionally uh, tight and effective leadership group that's uh, made up of Diana Chara, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, uh Tori Krug, um, probably leaving someone out there, but that group has really helped uh, them to remain pretty even keeled throughout the season. And uh, like I said earlier, coming out of uh, what was, you know, a terrible way to end last season. So I think they have really been a steadying presence for um, the guys who were on the roster prior to the pause, but also uh, the guys who have been added in kind of the um, roster expansion. Some of the younger guys from the AHL who probably won't be on the team for at least till next regular season or, or maybe after that. So Um, they were really instrumental in helping the Bruins to get off to a strong start this season. And uh, they have had a pretty steady roster continuity over the last couple years as well, which has really served them well. This is a a tight group. And um, with the exception of Pasternak and Kasha, like I said earlier, being absent from training camp, uh, they seem to have had a pretty good training camp. So um, all things considered, uh, I really think they're ready to make good on their potential as Stanley Cup uh, contenders and to kind of redeem the loss from last year. And also, uh, Tori Krug, this could be his last uh, kick at the can with this group as well as he's a UFA and with a flat cap um, and some RFA's to deal with, it's not looking promising that he'll be back. So I think uh, there'll be a little extra push there to kind of uh, get the job done with with this group as it's uh, constructed now. So yeah, I think that's that's pretty much where they're at at the moment.
1: Yeah. Is I- that a future flyer,
3: Torrey Krug? <laughs> I mean, that would be better than future Canadian Tory Krug. Yeah, I, I think
0: I think I could speak for all of us and say, I don't want Tory Krug going to Montreal. I just don't want to hear just Montreal fans. I think future Red
3: Wing Tory Krug might. That's, that's been my <laughs> best bet since this all started, yeah. just for him to go home. But that's a story for after the playoffs, hopefully.
0: I think just for the Lightning, I could speak personally that I think this was the best thing that could have happened to them. I know like under the circumstances and the pause, it was just unfortunate for, you know, why it happened, but this team was down a ton of guys at the time. Um, they lost Stamkos for the, for the second time this year, uh, to a core injury at that point in time, if they would have played out the season and had a normal playoff schedule, we wouldn't have gotten Stamkos back until possibly the conference finals. Um, they, you know, they had really no idea when Jan Ruto was going to be coming back. Zach, um, Hick, Hick, uh, Victor Hedman just went down at that point in time with a lower body injury to where they didn't really know what was exactly wrong with him. I mean, that was probably at that point in time, he, you could have just labeled him as unfit to play just because they weren't, he just had a ton of injuries going on at that time. Um, and it looked like at as well as Andre Vasilevsky, even though he wasn't injured, um, it just looked like he was just mentally exhausted at that point. Uh, they were thrown out. It wasn't really a matter of him playing a ton of games. It was just him having to do a lot in those games, um, especially with, you know, a lot of the guys going down at that point in time and, and Ryan McDutta also being out for an extended period of time. I think this team as a whole was just worn out. And so for them to have these months off as well as pretty much get back a 100% team. Um, this was the best thing that could happen. And for them to have these round-robin games coming up uh, is the best thing for them. And we'll get into that in just a little bit, but let's head over to the Capitals. Amy, are there maybe some players as well that you might be getting back just because of this pause or, and just looking at how the team is now compared to how they were when things ended? Do you, Is maybe your idea or feelings about how the team is now less c- cynical?
4: Um. Well, it's not the team that I don't think was ever cynical. I think there there were some mental blockages in years past with the team. I think the fans are more cynical than the team on any given game day. But uh, that being said, I did learn an interesting fact over the pause. And it's something that I, I deep down in my heart knew, but it was confirmed to me. And that is that the Washington Capitals are the oldest team in the NHL and that means experience but that also means that it takes a little while to shake the rust off and possibly even longer um and i've i've seen it i mean i've watched some of their scrimmages i watched their scrimmage today and here's the other thing that is sort of i don't want to say makes me hesitant but again i am a caps fan i'm a little bit cynical uh, they had a scrimmage today that was basically the old guys against the rookies with the exception of the goalies. So Holtby was in goal for the rookies and the rookie goalie was in goal for the old guys. And the rookies won handily over, you know, Ovi, Kuzi, Tom Wilson, Jacob Verana, you know, the the firepower that we, Oshi. That we have.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: So, might that be Braden Holtby getting back into his groove? I sure as heck hope so. Yeah. But that also might be, I mean, the fact that our black aces and some of the guys that we're bringing along for the ride might find a spot or two, which wouldn't upset me all that much.
0: Well, the playoffs are definitely – a place um, that we've seen in many years past, where you'll you'll get some unlikely heroes. Uh, For my lightning, we had Tyler Johnson a couple of years back, just basically put this team on his shoulders um, in fan, in a fantastic way. Uh, so it wouldn't be too surprising whether it's from any of the round robin teams or just some of the teams that are in the qualifying to see maybe some guys that you wouldn't really expect to hear their name a lot um, during the regular season. Now moving on to the locked on flyers. Um, or, you know, how would, how would you ladies maybe think, how do you feel about this team going into the playoffs? Uh, obviously you're having, uh, Oscar back, which is great. Uh, he's going to be with the team there in Toronto, but of course he's not playing, but are there maybe some guys that you're getting back from injury or maybe the, 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 the pause came at just the perfect time to where, you know, it's definitely going to help you benefit your team, uh, in the long run.
2: Uh, looking at it injury re- injury wise, not really. I think at the at it's the JVR, pause, yeah, JVR and Phil Myers was was injured, but um, it wasn't supposed to be long term. So, I mean, yeah, the rest didn't really. There were no injuries that the Flyers needed to rest up on. So, um, yeah, and I think you know I'm still as confident on them as uh, as I was at the pause. So. Yeah, yeah, like I, from everything they've been
1: saying from camp to they just feel yeah. like they're picking up right where they left off and you know Claude Giroux is like this is the team we've got it let's go. So that's all you can ask for from a captain and and yeah the confidence is real high.
0: So I would just like to thank all the hosts that were involved in that conversation. I guess you could call that part one of that conversation. We have more topics that we discuss. Uh, We'll be airing the rest of that conversation on tomorrow's episode as well as Wednesday's and I guess Wednesday will be the the conclusion of that so we'll be discussing some of the topics of, you know, think of this as kind of a a preview to obviously the round robin uh, matchups. So, you know, we of course we have the Washington Capitals uh, first up, and then we have Boston, and then we ended up with the Flyers. So super excited about that. We're only four days away, five days away from that. So can't wait to see when the games start up. I'll be watching the other teams just to see maybe how they fare in their matchup. So maybe we could kind of do like how we used to do when uh, during the regular season. We'll do like the preview of games and all that. So, yeah, uh, I just once again like to thank all of you for – continuing to listen to the show really helps us a lot and once again like and subscribe to our episodes download so you 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 know you know it really helps us uh, out a lot in the long run so yeah like I said subscribe so you're up to date on all the episodes Um, this show is found anywhere where you could find podcasts um, and go go ahead to our social media page at lo lightning lo underscore lightning and send us a tweet, uh, you know, think about, especially about that first line defensive pairing. I want to hear back from all of you about what you think. Do you think maybe give Bogosian, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Bogosian's a very big physical player, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Um, or maybe we should go with maybe Chernak or even, you know, somebody else or maybe a surrogate So yeah, that's been it for today's episode of locked on lightning part of the locked on podcast network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.